That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, we're here today to, to continue with the Fixing the Ravens series that we're doing. And uh, joining us today is Zach Weinberg. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Ken. Always a pleasure to talk football with you, Zach. So, so uh, everybody's got a little bit different topic. We're going for something narrow, and there will be some overlap in these. So I want people who are out there about thinking about joining us, don't be too concerned if somebody takes your topic, quote-unquote, before. That we'll, be, we'll have time for people to take similar things. And Zach, you, you wanted to focus on the Ravens' third down situations. Yeah, that's right. I, uh, through, throughout the season, I kind of knew third down had been a, a struggle for the Ravens, but but it was really after the season when I started looking at it close that I realized just how much of a struggle it really was. Um, and, you know, I know you've talked about the Colts game and the end sequence where they managed to have like four drives in a row without any third downs. And it's like, that may have been the only way to make the the comeback work, given how much they struggled on third downs. Yeah, they never even got into their next to last chance. I, exactly. In that Colts game, that was terrific. Uh, and the Ravens, of course, known for, for having a lot of fourth down success. And they again led the league in fourth down success. 
in 2021. Yeah. Um, but a third down, a, a different story and lots of problems, particularly earlier in the season, converting a lot of those third and long opportunities. Yeah. And I think, you know, for a team that wants to be a possession team, wants to like really enjoys those long 15 play kind of drives that really kills momentum, you know, kills the, the clock. Um, you really need to be able to, to get into third and manageables and then convert those third and manageables in order to make that kind of play style work. And I think that was a big problem with the offense. You know, Harbaugh talked in his press conference about, you know, they had yards, but not points. And I think one of the big things is they, you know, when they had successful first down, successful second downs, they could move the ball, but way more often than in past years, you hit third down and you just hit a wall right away. Right. So it's, that's one of the big points I wanted to make sure we hit on was, you know, getting into third and manageable. And and I think you have to look squarely at the offensive line problems and Mm -hmm. the inability to run the football. Yep. It's, it, it doesn't always show up in the statistics that way because both the veteran running backs ended up 4.2, 4.3 yards per carry. Murray was almost entirely based on that last game against the Steelers and having a big game. And Freeman, while he you know was not terribly ineffective, he never put together the kind of carry totals that the Ravens had in a game where they would have 40, 50 carries and run for 250 yards in some games. Yeah. Uh, the only game they really did that was the, was the last game of the season. Yeah, it, it, it shows up a little bit if you look at like rush yards over expected or something like that and compare it to, you know, Dobbins and Edwards the year before. Um, but it, you definitely felt it. Like I remember, I think it was the Lions game where there were like three straight drives where it was like a third and one, third or two, third and two, something like that. And it was just like three straight dra- dives into a, a pile that didn't work. Um, and it's just, you know, it's very different feel from years past. Right. Right, and they, they, they definitely – it, it took them a while even to get any kind of running going. The, uh, the, yeah. the early season offense uh, in terms of that run game was just terrible in terms yeah. of uh, having, having Murray in there and, that, and him not doing anything. And it, it's still incredible to me that he pushed his average over four yards per, per game with that <laughs> yeah. final uh, game. But uh, yeah, that, there that he is. A, that was pretty funny. And, uh, you know, I think it, it, it was partly just – uh, it took a while for them to really embrace just like how little they challenged the edge with their running backs. I think they still right. wanted to try. They knew, you know, it was obvious that like Dobbins was gone. And so you couldn't do as much of that kind of stuff. But I think they still thought they could do it a little bit early on. And it, it just didn't work with with, uh, you know, these older running backs. Right. I mean, it's, it takes away so much of the potency of the run game to not be able to threaten every point. Right. Uh, along that line of scrimmage, the edge, the the middle, and you know they they they're typically they were doing this some sort of jet motion. They were out of the right. pistol. They would run straight ahead in 2019, and Lamar would have the other edge. Um, all kinds of optionality with that. The 2020 Ravens, in particular, where Lamar had a bunch of long runs, a lot of 50 yard runs, or several anyway. Um, were a question a lot of times of, of the other team running themselves out of position versus the Ravens option offense. Yep, absolutely. I think the Washington football team was an example of that. Uh, Philadelphia. Sure. Yep. Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's the other thing is like the the loss of the running backs, um, it, wasn't, it didn't just hurt the running game because of the running backs. It really hurts Lamar's ability to be dangerous because, you know, Everyone's eyes are always on Lamar, mm-hmm. but without a Dobbins or an Edwards or really anyone dangerous at all, like there's no reason to look at anyone other than Lamar, um, and and so I think it limited his ability to to be dangerous as well. Yeah, very much a 
very much agree with that that statement totally in in terms yeah. of if if you don't have good running backs and and basically i i say that opposing inside linebackers were basically daring the ravens to run the football and they're yeah. the key players involved in this because you've got to make them take those extra downhill read steps to fuel your play action game, get your tight ends behind those inside linebackers, or just make them make the wrong decision to, to follow a guy they think has the football who doesn't. And right. you know, those are, those are both ways you, you get the right. middle of the field uh, vacated and, uh, right. and it just wasn't happening. And when you have slow running backs, they, they know that they can just stay on Lamar. And if they are wrong and it actually is in the right back, they can still catch them. Yep. And so, yeah. you know, there's, there's no reason to, to worry about it. Right. I, I didn't think Le'Veon Bell was a great match for what the Ravens had as a, as a running back. The Ravens don't really want a stutter step running back. They want a guy who forces uh, more opportunities for the first contact to be in level two. And right. none of the Ravens runners are really particularly good at that. And, and probably Freeman was the best. But the Ravens offensive line also had kind of a tough year. Nick Boyle's absence, I think, also hurt the Ravens in terms of being uh, uh, winning some of those double teams, the line of scrimmage that create mm-hmm. those natural first contacts in a little too. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Boyle's absence was definitely painful. And I think Ricard also, we had to use him too much in pass blocking that I think his run blocking just wasn't quite as efficient because we, we were over uh, overtaxing him a little bit as well. Yeah, a fresher Ricard might have been better for, for run yeah. blocking, that's for sure. And he certainly played a lot of plays this last year. Yeah, and even pass catching at times because of how, mm-hmm. you know, Freeman kind of emerged as a capable-ish pass catcher late in the season. But, but you know, especially early in the season, like, Ricard became the pass catcher out of the backfield, too, just because of how uh, thin we were. I, I really think it, William, Tyson Williams was going to have to be the guy if we were going to be able to make it work. And, you know, for a variety of reasons, it just didn't work out. And right. once that happened, there was there was really not much hope. Really, really sad to see. I, I hope the Ravens uh, turn their mind about Tyson Williams, which I think yeah. might happen. It has happened before with other players who have been kind of in the doghouse for various reasons. But, yeah. um, you know, they wouldn't have kept him on the roster all year if they didn't think he had some 2022-plus right. value. Absolutely. So, you know, he's, at least he's there. I think the hope is that when you get in 2022 and, you know, hopefully he's not someone you're trying to lean on as your lead mm-hmm. back, they hope that then he can kind of, you know, have a little less, less pressure and really focus on like, okay, I'm going to get like five plays, maybe 10 in a big game for me. Like, mm-hmm. like really focus on what do I need to do in those five plays to contribute and kind of get back on track that way. Yeah. That'd be nice. It's uh, obviously success is the best tonic for, yeah. for fixing that. Now you you wrote an article recently on this and, and had a number of different, like metrics you wanted to talk about in terms of success and failure for the Ravens on third down. Yeah. One that I liked wanted to look at was cumulative EPA on third down plays. Um, and EPA is expected points added. I, I know you know this. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it, you know, estimates for the before and after each play based on down distance, et cetera. Um, you know, how many points were at, uh, expected points were added on that play and third downs are naturally higher leverage. Uh, plays, um, you know, because you know, if 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 you gain three yards on second and five, that's not quite as valuable as gaining three yards on third and two. Um, and so, <laughs> no, not nearly as valuable, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, and so, I thought cumulative EPA would be an interesting look at the outcomes that the Ravens had uh, on third down this year. And I 
compared this year's to the last three years, so the two full Lamar seasons and then the Flacco Lamar year, I just combined so that we could have full season comparisons. Mm-hmm. And uh, each of the first three years, you know, 18, 19, and 20, um, the Ravens are well above uh, zero and expected points added on third downs, which you would expect from um, a successful offense. And uh, this year they started poorly and they finished poorly and they were pretty much poor uh, all the way throughout. They were bottom bottom five, I believe, of the league in, in this metric uh, for the mm-hmm. year. It, it makes sense given their overall third down conversion rate that they wouldn't be a good yeah. third down EPA because that's where a lot of your expected points come. Just just so we understand that the notion of high leverage, because I want to take a moment on something like this. We talk about it all the time, obviously. Everybody mm-hmm. understands third down is important. But uh, the the difference in points that you essentially have in the pot that you're gambling for on a third down play is is enormous relative to first and second down. Right. It's, it's it's very highly magnified, and so you've got to win those third down plays. You've got to have personnel that works. You got to have plays that works, and you got to be in, in situations that are manageable yep. to, to have the best chances. Yeah, I mean, and you know, we've seen in these playoffs, right? Like every team you're going to have to make a couple of these plays in these really high pressure situations, the chiefs, you know, against the Bengals, but at the end of both halves really had that like one play where like, you know, all the points are right there. And if you, you know, you let those go, then it's really hard to, to sustain success that way. Right. Not always a huge fan of EPA, but I think in this case, it's probably a very good metric for, uh, for looking at this. I'm, I'm an expected wins guy. That's also harder to measure sometimes, but this is sure. this is good. I, do you want to make differentiations between the run and the pass here? Yeah, I mean they weren't great on either, um, but you know, running the ball was a larger drop off from past years. I would say just because they've been so successful mm-hmm. rushing the ball um, on you know at, in general and, and also on third downs. Um, and we've talked about about a lot of the factors for that. But passing the ball, they really weren't that much better. Um, they took a lot of sacks. Um, they, you know, they had a lot of turnovers. Uh, one thing that I think did contribute to that was because of the offensive line struggles, you did see more six-man protections, seven-man protections. And, you know, that's fine. You can do that, but you, you are losing something down the field when that's happening. And so they got in these third and long situations and uh, they, they just really found themselves in trouble uh, pretty quickly. Right. Now the, the teams don't run the ball nearly as much on third down as they pass the ball. So you end up with a lot of leverage happening on those third down plays there. But right. uh, do you want to break it down points wise as to how the Ravens lost on, on run and pass plays? Yeah, well, so it was interesting, you know, so EPA for when you're when you look at EPA for rushing plays in general, they tend to be negative just because it's a less efficient play. Mm -hmm. But third down, it actually is the reverse. In general, EPA often is positive because you, you know, most teams are only going to run on plays where, you know, it's third and one, third and two. And when you get that first down, that's worth a lot of points. And so Mm -hmm. you do end up, I think it was like two out of three offenses in uh, this season were had a positive EPA. Uh, the Ravens were not one of them, though. Um, they only converted 45% of third down rushes, which uh, was the uh, lowest since 2015 for the Ravens. Um, yeah. 2015, obviously, was a very uh, injury-ravaged year as well. Um, but, you know, for a Lamar team and then Huntley, but 
you know, for a Greg Roman team really in general to, to be that inefficient running the ball on third down is, uh, you know, concerning. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. And and that includes the scrambles as runs, or does it only include designed runs? Um, I believe I looked at it both ways, and it wasn't terribly different one way okay. or the other. But um, I'd have to double check to make sure. Because the, the design, the, sorry, the scrambles are typically going to be longer yardage plays. Yeah. And they, I would expect them to have a lower success rate, but maybe not. So that's, yeah. that's kind of cool. Obviously, some of those scrambles because they become sacks get recategorized or stayed in, kept right. in the past category, even though they're, right. you know, they're yeah, especially with, with, with like Lamar, it can sometimes be kind of edge case Great. of whether it was really a run or a scramble. Yeah. And, and the other thing I want to ask you about was EPA models typically have exclusions that go with them. Like if the game is uh, on Neil drives, what do you do? Do you exclude that information on a third down or, or do you do it in uh, cases where their chance to win the game is either above 95% or below five kind of thing? Did you have exclusions? You I didn't, I didn't for this. Um, I, well, I did exclude like, uh, like, you know, penalties and things like that, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't do any like win probability exclusions uh, for this, for this okay. one. That's very typical, by the way, and obvious. Yeah. I think it's obvious to you, Zach, but let's explain anyway to listeners that yeah. if, if you if you have, a, let's say, a 97% chance to win the game, that probably means you lead by three touchdowns or something in the second half, right. you're going to be more conservative with your approach. And yeah. you may actually be improving your win probability um, in some ways where you're where you're costing yourself points. And the, the right. extreme classic situation would be taking a negative one on a Neil play on the very last play of the game. Well, you changed your win probability from something less to 100 to exactly 100, but you also took a, a negative unexpected points to do yeah. so. And so, uh, yeah, those. yeah. Now, now, did you take out Neil specifically? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and of course, the, you know, the, um, the Ravens weren't in a ton of, compared to past seasons, weren't in a ton of, sure. situ- you know, situations where they w- really wanted to be conservative and just run the clock out, just given how many games were, were very close. So, uh, you know, I would expect that to be a bigger issue in 2019, 2020 than, than it was this past year. Yeah, we certainly hope we return to those days. I mean, yes. it was a lot of fun playing 42% dime in 2019 yeah. or seeing that played because, uh, you know, that that was a, a, a 13.2%, you know, four outside linebacker packages they played. That yeah. was a function of being ahead in all those games. So right. it was wonderful for that. To be. Well, and it, it's, you know... I, it was one of those things, you know, Lamar kind of broke that, like, can't come from behind narrative this mm-hmm. season. And that's good. But, like, on the hand, it was great that he never had a chance to do it in the first yeah. place because he was always just ahead by so much. Yeah, we realized uh, how spoiled we were. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it was, you know, because back in the, the Flacco days, especially the late Flacco days, like, we had a lot of games where it was very close, back and forth, missed opportunities, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. And then Lamar came in and it was just like, there was a very clear script and we were pretty good at keeping to that script, uh, you know, during the regular season. And, uh, this past season, we kind of lost that. It was like, Oh, right. This used to be what it was like. This was terrible. Let's go back to the other way. Yeah. Ravens are going to have to rebuild on defense now. That obviously will, will, will help them to create those opportunities, but they're going to need turnovers. They're going to need obviously offense as well as defense to get back in these situations where they're manhandling teams at the half and and have a a coasting second half. Yeah. Fewer turnovers on offense and more on defense for sure. 
Yeah. All right, well, let's talk mistakes since we're talking about turnovers uh, in terms of, of third down and how much of that was really due to a higher sack rate and a higher turnover rate as opposed to other things. Yeah, that, that was definitely a really big part, especially when you talk about EPA. Um, the turnovers, you know, it's obviously a huge EPA loss. Um, Lamar was not as great as he has been in the past with uh, turnovers, especially as you got further down the field, the red zone, things like that. You, uh, and, you know, obviously a red zone turnover is a huge EPA loss because you have a high expected points at that point in time. And mm-hmm. once you turn it over, your expected points goes to zero. Um, it doesn't get sac- negative? Um, no, you're right. It probably does go negative. I'd have to double check, but yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the the sacks were, were, you know, just as big a problem because of how frequently they were happening. Happening, um, The Ravens tied uh, with uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks for the most sacks on third and long situations, mm-hmm. um, which is particularly bad when you're holding in six, you know, six or seven blockers uh, and you still aren't, you know, finding an option, especially when you have mobile quarterbacks who can, you know, can scramble when, when things break down and, and still not finding options. So, uh, that was that was definitely a big problem when we when you combine sacks and turnovers as this idea of like really negative uh, plays um, for third downs. It, the, the Ravens had four more of those combined than any other team on third and longs. Uh, so you know it, you know the sacks are problematic uh, because they you know they can take you out of field goal range. They can make uh, fourth down. Uh, not really an option, you know, especially for a team like the Ravens who like to be aggressive on fourth down. And mm-hmm. oftentimes you can pick your play calls on third down based on knowing that you're willing to go for it on fourth down. Um, but if you lose yardage, that obviously would change the calculus at that point and uh, becomes a problem. Okay. So that's a legitimate case. Now we know that both Lamar and Huntley had some sacks where they had already turned it into a run play. So their yeah. sack yardage per loss per play was not quite as bad as a lot of other teams. Yeah. I mean, you could think about like uh, the, the last drive in Detroit. I think Lamar takes a sack on third down where he runs out of bounds for like negative one yards or something like mm-hmm. that uh, before throwing the fourth down uh, completion. Um, and that, that definitely does happen. Although I, I do believe that Lamar's uh, average yards per uh, sack were uh, much worse this year than, than in it's, past years. I'm looking at it right now. It's 5.0 per year for, per, uh, per sack exactly. year, which, which is not that terrible. Still not honestly. terrible, yeah. And, and if we look at past years, I'm trying to find this here. Uh, if you have a calculator there, maybe we could do this. But the entire league got sacked for six. No, that's 6.2% of the, of the time. But take uh, 85.97 over 1244. That's going to be something like, almost seven yards per sack, maybe even yep. full, full seven yards per sack. So he's better. Um, and then Huntley, if if you look at him, he got sacked a slightly less. Lamar got Jackson got sacked 9% of the time. Huntley got sacked 8.7% of the time. And I'm trying to get to his thing here. I'll have that for you in a minute here. Yeah. I think, I think Huntley, a lot of that has to do with the way they changed the – the game plans to try to have more quick passes right, and, and, and things like that. Whereas Lamar, they really let him, I mean, his average time to throw was, especially early in the season was, was really absurd, high. Yeah. absurdly high. And so, you, you know, you naturally risk more sacks that way. Um, and, and with Huntley, I think, you know, I, I know you've talked about the pocket present before, obviously the sacks were, you know, it, it 
sacks felt more likely to turn into fumbles with with Huntley than they did with Lamar. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they they really were like trying to make sure that he was getting the ball out before uh, you know there was that risk. Right, for five point nine yards per sack for Huntley this yeah. year. He had, had a lot of problems, obviously, with with yeah. uh, you know the, knowing where unexpected pressure was coming from. Where Lamar always seems to have eyes in the back of his head with regard yeah. to that, uh, that we really came to appreciate more in two thousand twenty-one. I think. Yeah, I think we came to appreciate a lot of uh, things about Lamar in, in twenty twenty-one. Yeah. All right. It's outstanding stuff. And this is just a kind of narrow topic we want. Is there anything else we didn't hit on here that we should be talking about before we talk about where folks can find your work? Uh, No, you know, I think the third and short stuff will probably to some degree resolve itself, assuming we can get we either get Dobbins and Edwards back healthy or, you know, we hopefully can have a plan B in place before, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you're on the stock heap. So maybe a draft pick or something like that, just to make sure you have someone who can threaten the edge. Um, and so, you know, I think the third and longs beefing up the the offensive line coming up with, you know, some, the way that they schemed up Andrews a lot in the second half of, of the season. Like I'd love to see a lot of that for not just Andrews, but also I think Bateman uh, mm-hmm. is a good option for a third down. Um, uh, I, I looked at, he only had seven third down targets from Lamar this year. Slow. It's, it's very low. And, uh, two of those were, were scramble, uh, scramble plays where I, I don't think Bateman was necessarily the intended target. Of course, that's uh, good. You want as much of that. Yes. No. Yeah. Can. Well, one of them was a scramble pick, uh, in, in, oh, it was really a desperation heave. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, but he had, Bateman had one where it was like a third and three, third and four, and the corner was giving him like seven, eight yards of cushion and he just ran a simple out route and it was, you know, easy pitch and catch for a first down. And so I'd love to see more of that in, in the coming year, if they can scheme some of that up, you know, picks, rubs, that kind of stuff. Where Bateman is extraordinarily dangerous is that when he can run his entire route. So if he can get to the top of the route tree, then yeah. he can sell something to that opposing defensive back and then you really got a chance and then also yeah. i think the, the, what you hit on earlier is that having bateman be the bailout option or a bailout option because andrews is you know probably will still continue to be lamar's right. favorite uh is is just terrific i mean yeah. you know and and you want as many freelancers who go against the grain but also do what lamar knows that they will do as possible you know that that trust built but you you want right every team has the go to the right sideline as the quarterback rolls right guys right you, you don't need to have a whole bunch of those guys you want guys who go against the grain and say no throw it back to the middle of the field that's where it's mm-hmm. open or like well, you know andrews when he he, 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 he seems to have like one or two every year where you know it's a scramble drill and instead of going to the sideline he goes down the field and it's you know 30 40 yard completion and those are the big plays you need yeah really exciting all right zach a great show exactly what we're looking for folks if you're out there listening to this and what, what we're looking for these fix the ravens uh episodes but tell folks where they can find your work yeah so i'm on twitter at, at z weinberg 18 um, and, uh, you know, I'm always happy to talk there and I post some stuff there. And then, uh, you mentioned the article that was on flockfootball.com. Um, and I, I will continue posting stuff there where right now I'm looking, uh, working on something, looking at, uh, the run game and the running backs. And uh, I mentioned rush yards over expected earlier and kind of comparing 
last year's to this year's and just seeing how bad it was. <laughs> yeah, uh, we I, we know how bad it was early in the year, but I, I, I'd be interested to hear how much whether Murray got into near positive territory with that game against Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, both Freeman and Murray basically ended up right around zero. Like incredible. One of them was like 0.04 over and one was like negative 0.09 or something like that. Huh. Like basically zero. Um, does does know. not tell the story. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> no. Well, I, you know, when you combine that with an offensive line that's struggling, you you know, if a running back can only get the yards that are there for them and the offensive line can't quite get all the, you know, block it up as well as you need to, that's when you get big negative rush yards and things like that. All right, folks, make sure you give uh, Zach a follow at Z Weinberg uh, on Twitter and, uh, and check out his uh, writing as well. Uh, other folks out there, if you're looking to do a Fixing the Ravens uh, pod, this is great. We, we were looking for exactly this kind of narrow topic. So if you want to talk about third down, how the Ravens might rebuild the defensive line, what the Ravens should be looking for in terms of how they build the re- rebuild the defense even, that could, that could get a little thick, but I think it's okay for, for a topic if you want to talk about how they, how they spread their cap on defense or how much cap they move, need to move from defense to offense. Anyway, all those kind of things are good topics. Love to hear from you. Love to have you on. And this is exactly the kind of discussion we, we like to have in the offseason when we've got lots of time. Zach, thanks again for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.